and welcome back to Royan Rescue. I had a really good question come in just recently about the stages of shock and whether or not a person can actually start to go into shock and still be conscious. And if so, does encouraging that individual to stay calm actually help them? If you want to find out more about this interesting topic, stay tuned. Thanks for joining us on Roy on Rescue. Uh, so this, again, this whole topic about stages of shock is extremely interesting and it can sometimes be a little bit misunderstood, I think, as well. And when I say that, I mean there's different stages to shock. And specifically, we've got the early signs of shock. We have, which kind of fall into just those very early signs and symptoms. They might be pale, they might be cool and sweaty, Maybe they're a little bit dizzy, feel like they're going to pass out. Um, and then if it's really truly shock and it's not just some kind of psychosomatic shock or a temporary drop in blood pressure or blood sugar or something that's made them feel like uh, the same symptoms of shock, it will go into a true compensating shock. So this is the time where the heart rate increases, respiratory rate increases, um, the pupils uh, can become dilated, uh, it's kind of that fight or flight mechanism. The individual usually feels scared, anxious, um, they can feel their body trying to compensate for either low blood pressure or for a spinal shock injury or anaphylaxis or lack of oxygen. Uh, but remember, when, you know, backing up a little bit, shock is the failure of the body to circulate proficient and efficient circulation of oxygenated blood for whatever reason, whether it's temporary, whether it's long term, whether it's caused by a medical problem like cardiac failure from a, a heart attack or long term congestive heart failure or from a sudden trauma. The symptoms and the reaction are very similar and the compensating stages of that shock is usually before the individual goes unconscious. Now, we know from studies and from experience that individuals who are in shock are usually pretty concerned about their state. And um, one of the things that can happen when an individual is worried about whether they're going to live or die or, or what's going on with me, I'm scared, is that it only exacerbates this usage of energy, um, it only uh, creates more uh, of a decompensating trend. So definitely when, when the, the patient or the victim is in a responsive state, um, there are several things we can do. One, we can definitely reassure the person that they are being well treated and they're in good hands. And I just think that as basic as that is, it's a good reminder to a person who feels extremely out of control. Number two, 
we can tell them that help is on the way. So if we've activated emergency medical services or we've called 911 and gotten help on the way, we can definitely relay that on to the patient who may not have realized that we've already called for help. And that's another boost in confidence. And then thirdly, reassure the victim or the patient that, that we are not going to leave them, that we're here for them and that we're going to take good care of them and we're not leaving until help arrives and takes over. And this helps prevent this feeling of abandonment and I'm helpless and what am I going to do? Um, and all three of these uh, can be extremely useful in helping the, the patient to relax a little bit and to stop burning so much adrenaline in fear so that their body can utilize that adrenaline to help them with the vasoconstriction, the uh, blood vessel valve shunting, the trapping of the blood and, and oxygenated blood into the core where it's needed, um, covering them with a sheet coat or blanket to maintain body temperature um, helps prevent them from uh, again losing needed oxygenated blood because it's going out to the extremities to try to rewarm those cold extremities. Uh, it also is a comfort measure. It makes them feel comforted. It makes them feel better. Um, and you know laying them down is is really fine and, and in some cases that's the extent. We used to elevate the legs every time but remember there can be contraindications to that including broken bones in the in the long bones of the legs. They could have a back a pelvis, a spinal cord injury of some sort. Maybe they've got a closed head injury and so that pressure may not do them a whole lot of good. I think just laying them down helps gravity work with us instead of against us when it comes to actually compensating and keeping their blood pressure up. Cover them with a sheet coat or blanket or anything that you have available to help keep their body temperature stable and warm and then keep reminding them that we're taking good care of them and help is on the way. And this is then when your assessment skills kick in where you're controlling bleeding, where you're helping them with, with some kind of internal shock by, um, by laying them down, covering them with a blanket, um, comforting them. Now, when the person goes unconscious, when the heart rate begins to drop, when the respiratory rate begins to uh, fade, this is what we would call more of a decompensating stage, which is the last stage of shock. It's norm normally irreversible, and it's just before the person dies. Um, our whole goal in first aid is to prevent the, the person from going to that level of decompensating shock. So, so by learning how to do your CPR and your first aid and bleeding control and shock management and fracture management, minimization of spinal movement so that we don't aggravate spinal cord injuries, all of these things play a part along with our developed confidence that we're exuding to this victim or this patient who's having one of the worst days of their life. So shock is really, really um, one of those things that everybody who goes, uh, who dies, dies from some form of shock and that's that you know that's a little play on words but quite honestly it's true and whether it's it's one form or another it, it eventually is the failure of the body to circulate adequate oxygen perfusion to the tissues for whatever reason and that inevitably is what killed the, the person um, and our goal is to try to stabilize that until help arrives gets them to the hospital where we can definitively fix whatever it is that caused them to go into shock. Um, you know, checking some of the signs and symptoms are, are uh, the nail beds, checking for capillary refill time, 
yeah, does it does it take more time to refill than it does to say capillary refill? That's about three seconds, two seconds. If it takes longer than that, they could be in the first uh, early signs of shock. Are they cool, pale, clammy? Are they uh, anxious, nauseated? Are they decreased in their level of consciousness? Um, are they dry mouthed? Are they fearful? Are they anxious? Are they cold? Are they shivering? These can all be signs of shock. Um, and so we're going to jump into action and give them a hand by practicing good first aid. Uh, so remember, we do have videos on shock treatment out at protrainings.com. Be sure you watch those to refresh yourself. I hope this was helpful. Thanks for the question. Keep them coming. And from Roy at Roy on Rescue, have a great day. Bye-bye.